What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 61, the one right after the Anthony Ayani interview. If you haven't had time to go listen to that, I would definitely suggest listening to it because there's some awesome stuff. There's some incredible stories on there. There's an untold story on there. There's a conversation about the aircraft carrier, about winning Big Ten championships, about Anthony Ayani's time at Michigan State. He gives some advice at the end for anyone listening. There's just a lot of amazing stuff in that interview, and I really do appreciate Anthony coming on, and hopefully I can have him on sometime again. But if you haven't, definitely go listen to that interview. Anthony's a great guy, great interview, and really fun podcast, and it was awesome having him on. But this episode is all about the good, the bad, and the ugly because since I've done a solo episode, there's been a lot of good stuff that has happened in this state. There's a lot of been bad stuff, and there's been a lot of ugly stuff. And so because of that, let's get into it, and there's a lot to get into. So let's go into the good category. First thing is that Michigan just won back-to-back Big Ten championships. They um, beat Purdue pretty handily in that game. Now they're going to the college football playoff and will be playing TCU. This is Michigan's second consecutive appearance, and I honestly think this is Michigan's best chance to win a national championship. Do I think think Michigan will be the favorite to it all? No, I think Georgia is still the favorite, but Michigan has a very good chance against this TCU team. Now, TCU is a very tough team. They have a great quarterback, a quarterback that doesn't give up very easily. I do think it might be a little closer than people think, but I do think Michigan does win this game. And goes to the national championship against the winner of Georgia versus Ohio State. Now, I know a lot of people were upset that Ohio State got in solely because Michigan just absolutely dominated Ohio State at Ohio State. But if this is the year you want to win it, if you're a Michigan fan, this is kind of the matchup you want. And there's a few reasons why. This is a much tougher matchup for Georgia than it would be Georgia versus TCU. And the reason why I say that is because you have an offense in Ohio State that can score on 99% of teams. Ohio State will get their points. If Ohio State can stick around, they might give Georgia a scare. And if you want a Michigan-Ohio State matchup for a national championship, which I know Michigan fans might not necessarily want, you could very much get that this year. With that being said, I do think that Georgia wins, and I do think Michigan wins, and I do think Georgia will be the national champion at the end of the year, but that's no shot at Michigan. Michigan is a... Really great team, a very well-rounded team. I just think Georgia has more talent. I think they're a little bit of a team. They have Jalen Carter, like a top three pick on defense that literally lifted Daniels from LSU up with one arm. 
Michigan does not have a single player that can probably do that. And that's no slight on them. There's probably two people that I can really think of on the top of the head that can do that. Him and probably Donald. That's it. Georgia, again, has a very good defense. Now, Michigan might be able to take advantage of that secondary for Georgia. It's not as good as it was last year. Michigan wants to win. They're going to have to do what they did against Ohio State. They're going to have to be able to throw the ball, have time for J.J. McCarthy in the backfield. And if they can do that, you never know. But that is a ways away because we still have to get to New Year's to play the TCU-Michigan game and then the Ohio State-Georgia game. But that is one of the good things that has happened recently. The second good thing is the U.S. men's soccer team. The World Cup is still going on. The U.S. got out of the group stage. They end up tying England. They end up then beating Iran 1-0 to get into the round of 16 to a knockout stage, and they got pretty beat down by the Netherlands, the Dutch. It was 3-1. Didn't really ever kind of feel like that close of a game. Now, you might say, oh, how is that good? Well, it's good because we are the group, group stage, and I think this USA men's national team is really starting to take a step forward to being a much better team and a team that can compete for a World Cup in 2026, especially because, hey, you know what's going to be on home soil majority of the part? It's going to be in the U.S., Canada, Mexico. You have an extremely young crowd this year that will have majority of them coming back again. This is a team that is really going to be good in a few years, and I think they have to basically decide who's going to be the manager. Is it going to be Greg Berhalter? Are they going to fire him? His deal is up after the World Cup. This is a big decision, and I think if I had to guess, Berhalter is gone, and I hope that the next manager is good because... While Burhalter time wasn't a, a success, it wasn't a disappointment. He got us to where he is now, and we have to give all the credit in the world to him. He got us to this point. Now we just need to make the next right hire to take us to the next level. And we have seen teams successfully do that, and we've seen teams not successfully do that. So this is a big hire for the team at USA, but... Great job getting out of the group stage. The next good thing, and one thing I didn't think I would talk about, especially five, six weeks ago, the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have played incredible football recently. If it wasn't for the Buffalo Bills game, where they gave up a last-second field goal, we would be right there in the playoff chase. Now, the playoff chase is still on. We do need a lot of help, but with a win over the Jags yesterday, you have five games left, and you'll probably be favored in four of them. Right now, you're favored against the Vikings, but that's really difficult in itself. But if you can win four out of five, or maybe somehow if you win out, you could very much be in the wild card. 
which if you told me when they started one and six, that was a possibility, I would have absolutely said, yeah, let's take it. I don't think many people would have believed that was even a chance, but Dan Campbell has done an amazing job with his team. His offense is looking really good. Jamison Williams played for his first time as a Lions. DeAndre Swift looks much healthier. Jared Goff had an amazing game yesterday. Defense is getting better. They only gave up 14 points to the Jags. The Lions are really starting to step up their game, and it's really awesome to see. And hopefully they can continue that, because if they can win against the Vikings in Ford Field, that will really go a long way to possibly a playoff berth. Still, again, need a lot of help, but they were really, really good. The last good thing I would say that has happened recently in the state of Michigan is the matchup between GVSU versus Ferris State. This was an incredible matchup, a matchup that Ferris State won on a field goal with a minute, three seconds left. These were the top Four teams in the country. I think GVSU was number one. Ferris was number three or four. Now, with that win, Ferris is basically the number one seed. But a great matchup. It was at GVSU. It was a very close game. Ferris goes on to its fourth semifinals in four years. Four teams left. They can win back-to-back this year. They do have to play a West Florida team that they lost to a couple of years ago. But that West Florida team, their starting QB was actually a starter this year at Western Kentucky. So he definitely was a very good QB, and he really threw the ball all over Ferris State that day. But congrats to Ferris State. Final four teams has a really good chance to go back-to-back. Really great team, and shout out to GVSU for being and having a very good year. They were undefeated until that, so shout out them. GVSU and Ferris State will be very good for a very long time, and I do think GVSU will eventually break through um, Ferris in the playoffs at some point. They still haven't done it, but I'm pretty sure they will sometime soon, especially with Cade Peterson probably coming back next year as a senior, which is their starting quarterback. Now let's get into the bad. And there's a few teams I could put in the bad, and then there's a few teams I could put in the ugly. The first team I'm going to put in the bad, and it's just because they haven't won, Michigan basketball. Um, While they haven't performed poorly lately they have lost two games in a row where they could have won I definitely think they should have probably won the Virginia game I thought that the Kentucky game it was right there for them to win they did not win Um, they also lost their starting point guard to injury in Jalen Llewellyn from what I heard it's a non-contact knee injury Hopefully it's not as bad as it seems, but usually when it's a non-contact knee injury, usually it's not very good. I haven't heard of any news if he tore anything, but usually that's not a good sign. He was taken out, and 
Kentucky did end up winning that game. Now, a good thing that Michigan has going for itself is you have Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson will get you 15, 18, 20 points a game. He'll get you basically a double-double every game. You also have Howard's son. He'll get you 10, 15 points a game. Michigan just needs more help, and I thought Michigan got that really in the first half. I thought they had some very good plays, and Kobe Bufkin had a great first half for the University of Michigan. He was very quiet in the second half, but I'm pretty sure he had like 10 or 11 points. He was very good that first half. And with if Jalen Llewellyn is hurt for a long time, they're really going to have to have Doug McDaniel step up, learn the role pretty quickly. They might actually have Howard's son pick up the ball. I wouldn't be too surprised if they did that. They need a little bit more of Joey Baker. Michigan has been close, but they've also had really close teams to bad teams as well. So Michigan's been up and down. That's why I kind of put them in the bad category as a late because they're there, but they're not finishing the job. So I really can't put them in the good category. Second team I'll put in the bad category except they probably should be in the ugly category. I'm just doing this more because of how they started the season. Michigan State basketball. The last week has been very ugly for Michigan State. They got absolutely destroyed by Notre Dame. They lost at home last night to Northwestern, a not very good Northwestern team. Now, with that being said, they did have Boo Booey, which for some reason has Michigan State's number every single year. I did see a tweet last night where it said if Boo Booey played Michigan State every single game, Boo Booey would probably be like a top 10 or maybe even the first overall pick. And he probably would be because Boo Booey literally has Michigan State's number and Tom Izzo's number for the last like five years. There's actually the host of the Lockdown podcast said he's literally going to attend Boo Booey's graduation in person to make sure he actually graduates. And I wouldn't fault him for that because I can't stand playing Boo Booey. I can't watch him against Michigan State. I literally texted a friend and I'm like, is this going to be the one game we're going to stop Boo Booey or can we please stop Boo Booey for once? Yeah, no. That answer is no. Now, Boo Booey wasn't the only reason why Michigan State lost. Michigan State did not play very good at all. Uh, Michigan State had a lineup change. A.J. Hogard did not start. Izzo made that decision because he wasn't taking care of the ball, and it was probably very true. Now, with Michigan State in the way their scholarship players are probably not wanting to make that decision because you really can't afford it, but you had to learn a lesson, and A.J. Hogard really did. A.J. Hogard was the one guy last night that I really believe that came ready to play, and he played extremely well. He took care of the ball. Um, Tyson Walker was good when he played. He got in foul trouble early. He got in foul trouble often. He had four fouls early in the second half. 
when that fourth foul foul came, I kind of started worrying a little bit because Michigan State was down by like four or six, and Tyson Walker was kind of the only one creating a shot, and and that's why we lost. Michigan State could not create his own shot. Jaden Akins did come back and play. But you could tell he wasn't 100%, especially with his conditioning. He needs to be much better. Now his foot, Izzo did say today, is much better than what it was. But this was just a bad loss for Michigan State. Now you have to go to Penn State. At Penn State, you can somehow squeak out a win at Penn State. Then you have three wins in a row, probably. If you don't win those three games, if you don't beat Oakland, if you don't beat Buffalo, if you don't beat these teams, then it will be a really, really dark year for Michigan State sports. And it already has been because Michigan State football. We can go right on to the ugly. Michigan State football. This was a horrible year for Michigan State football. You didn't even make a bowl game. You lost to Indiana because you can't even make a 22-yard field goal. It was a horrible year. Michigan State has no more games left. Probably a good thing because who wants to sit and watch this Michigan State team play again? I don't think a lot of people do. I personally didn't really want to watch another football game because I'm like, just so stressful watching this team. This team just has so many things going wrong. And because of that, Michigan State starts the offseason early. Gives them a chance to start recruiting. Gives them a chance to focus on their recruiting class. Gives them a chance to make some changes at the coaching staff. Let's things open up. And this is a huge offseason for Michigan State. And this reminds me of Michigan's offseason two years ago. And let me say why. And there's a few similarities and a few differences between Michigan State and Michigan. And there's one major difference between these two programs. And I think at this time where Michigan was two years ago, I think Michigan had much more talent on this roster than Michigan State does two years ago. With that being said, I don't think Michigan two years ago was utilizing that talent extremely well. I think Jim Harbaugh was kind of a foot-out-the-door kind of guy. I think he was a little done with it. It kind of seemed like he was ready to go to NFL when he didn't get the NFL job. People were like, does he really want to be here? Then he reevaluated himself. He brought in Jesse Minter. He brought in. He made some decisions on young coaches. And now look at him. He's a back-to-back Big Ten champion. He's going back-to-back college football playoffs with a chance to win a national championship. Now, Michigan State is not in that same boat. At least competitive-wise. Do I think Mel Tucker is kind of one foot out of the door? No. I do not think so. I think this rebuild will take a lot longer than people have and will continue to think. Now, the reason why I'm comparing Michigan State and Michigan 
is because of the importance of this offseason. I think Mel Tucker gets one or two more years of like good grace. After that, that good grace is gone. I'm not saying Mel Tucker has to lead Michigan State to a college football playoff next year. That's unreasonable. I'm saying Mel Tucker needs to get seven, eight, nine wins next year. If that means adding people through the portal, if that means getting better recruits, if that means firing coaches, I think that all needs to happen if that's what it means. But Michigan State cannot avoid another five-win season. Michigan State can't have that. Now, next year's schedule is a little easier than this year, so I definitely do think they go to a bowl game. But Michigan State has to now be on the upswing. Last year, Michigan State, I think, was kind of an anomaly season. You had the best running back in college football that covered up so many holes on this team that when you didn't have them, you didn't have anyone covering those holes. And guess what? Those holes got exposed. So if you really look at the trajectory of Michigan State football, when Mel Tucker joined, he was at the bottom. Like that was the ages of when D'Antonio was hired. That was like the almost bottom of John L. Smith. Not there because John L. Smith was bad, bad. But the trajectory of Michigan State was pretty low. So Mel Tucker gets to Michigan State, gets a couple nice ranked wins, but he loses to Rutgers. So you go up a little bit, still have a long way to go to be very good. Then you bring in K9, Kenneth Walker, and you, you're projected to go way up. You see, hey, you know what? We won 11 games. We beat Michigan. We were a game or two out from the Big Ten Championship. We were closer to the college football playoff. This rebuild is going to be so much faster than what people thought. Then this year hits, not like crashing down, but like kind of settling back down a little bit. Like we're not all the way down to where we've been. We're not first year Mel Tucker. We're like, I think where a lot of people expected Michigan State to be. There just needs to be improvement. And Mel Tucker needs to make changes. And if he makes changes, that Ugly will turn maybe into bad, and that bad will turn into good, and then that good will turn into great, and then maybe in a few years, Michigan State will be competing for a Big Ten championship, and then we have Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. That's what makes the Big Ten good. When Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State are all good, that's when things get really fun. But yeah, Michigan State's kind of really the only kind of an ugly thing that has really happened lately because your season's done. No more football. It's watching other teams play. And I love watching other teams. I love watching college football, especially the bowl season. It's so much fun to watch. But just 
isn't fun that the season ended as early as it has. Michigan State has a lot to work on. Michigan State, Michigan basketball have a lot to work on as well. If you're a Michigan State fan, you really cannot afford a down year in basketball this year. If they win on Wednesday, if they get a couple wins in a row, get Malik Hall back, Jane Aikens more healthy, get going a little bit, I think Michigan State will be fine. I think Michigan will be fine. I think both teams will be fine. You just can't avoid both teams being bad for this state. And Michigan fans, you can, if that happens, you can hang your hat on Michigan football. You are where you are right now. You're a Big Ten champion and two wins away from a national championship. So, yeah, this is a little bit of a shorter podcast just because football season is wrapping up here shortly. And when more information comes out, I will let you know. Actually, I do have a few things. Um, Mike Sanders still from Michigan has decided to come back to Michigan next year, which is a huge thing for the University of Michigan. Caden McNamara um, transferred to Iowa. Eric All looked like he trans- is transferring. Michigan State has had several players transfer or go into NFL draft. This is basically a part of college football now, a part of athletics. This is a part of Michigan State. Michigan State doesn't have a game. You're going to see transfers. You're going to see people declaring, people coming back. This is just where we are in football. And you're a Michigan State fan, you got basketball. If you're a Michigan fan, you got both. So, yeah, thank you again for tuning in to episode number 61. And if you haven't had a chance, again, make sure to go listen to Anthony Ayani interview. And Michigan and Michigan State basketball play this weekend. So definitely go cheer on those teams.